welcome everyone. Yeah. We're back. We're back. Episode 13, I think. Woohoo. Go us. Did yeah. we just celebrate like 5,000 downloads or something or 2,000? Ah, okay. So this is this is an interesting story. Okay. So uh, the, the guys heart. who host the podcast, um, Simplecast, I have to think yes. about that now. So yeah, so they updated their uh, their thing the other week, mm-hmm. and uh, the analytics have gone massively down. What? But apparently they're they're more legit now. But oh, like, did we have bots listening to us? That's a shame. But the Russians. <laughs> the Russians were listening. The Russians and, and Trump supporters. Well, damn. We don't okay, want to go down that um, political route, though. Well, maybe we maybe it's good to have ourselves like knock down a few. Pegs, is that the word? You know, uh, I mean, it was definitely more than a few. Oh, <laughs> it was a bit of a gut punch. Uh, oh, so yeah, I sent them an email. I was like, uh, "Is this right? Because this is, you know, You're I've like, been I living base... a lie for a, I... a nearly a year now." I base my daily validation on the yeah. statistic simple cast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't do affirmations in front of the mirror. I look at the analytics. I um, <laughs> this is total. This is the first segue, like complete random rant of the day. I've started listening. So. Anyone that follows me in general on social media will know I'm a bit of like a business kind of entrepreneurial junkie. And I know that you're like quite similar, Dan, in Not. the sense of, you know, you, you are, you listen to like the likes of Gary Vee and like, you know, yeah, yeah. and the like. So, um, so I've started listening to um, this new, um, this new audio book at the moment called Financial Freedom by, mm. I think the guy's name is Grant Sabatier. And he's okay. like, um, you know, 30 or something, and he's like a multimillionaire and basically talking about anyway, basically his tips for like <laughs> his tips for getting into like the zone of of like, yes, I'm gonna be successful. Instead of meditating every day, open up an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> and like just take a good hard look at your finances and get yourself in that good frame of mind and, and you know tell you a bit like how you know people like if you eat healthy then you're more likely or if you do exercise you're more likely to eat healthy because it's yeah. kind of like that practice of like well I've done the exercise now I might as well follow through and actually eat healthy yeah, his, yeah. his kind of thing is if you look at your bank balance every day yeah. <laughs> that will kind of encourage you to not spend money <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so he calls it his money meditation. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> I've not, I've not attempted it yet. Um, but I mean, it's an interesting approach. What's your thoughts on that, Dan? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, it sounds like he hasn't made his money from business. He's just saved up. Well, this is what he's done. Yeah. He's, just, he's gone and moved into a YMCA. Saves, <laughs> saves living costs there. Yeah, <laughs> you know. It just eats scraps, yeah. and like, just, you know, save yeah, all the money just... that I get from work. Yeah. Now I'm a millionaire. Well, I think, like, ironically, you're not wrong. Because he, he talks about, I mean, hello, welcome to VR Side Chats, where we talk about anything but VR. But That's <laughs> <laughs> um, the intro done. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he, he talks about, like, there's these different stages to financial freedom. And actually, the first, I can't remember how many it is, but the first... I think it might be like four stages isn't anything to do with actually getting rich It is kind of already like optimizing what you're already doing. And so mm. he gears it towards people, you know, that have full time jobs and how can you make the most money? He, he basically believes that anyone in a full time job can um, save up enough money to retire within 10 years. That's his mm. belief. Um, and it's not necessarily by, you know, 
don't go out and buy coffee every day. It's not, it's not, his mentality is not scrimping. It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's like money is, is, is infinite. Whereas time is not, time is really valuable. So actually, mm-hmm. and it, it, this does tie into a kind of yeah, PR because I think I, I really struggle sometimes with, you know, when there's like a project and it's not quite corporate, you know that they don't necessarily have the biggest budget in the world. And you're like, oh, I really should like slash my day rate for them. But then I'm like, I'm really trying hard to practice Mm. this kind of wisdom this year of actually no, because time is more valuable. Time you can't get back. You can't, you're never going to get back today. Oh, this is now turning into a... This is life advice from Alex Rule. <laughs> but you know, you're never going to get back that time. Like every second that you spend, like the people listening to this podcast, this is an hour you're never going to get back of your life, hey, my friend. Don't, don't say it like that. If you <laughs> listen to the podcast, yeah, sorry, you're wasting your time. This is <laughs> well, guys. Honestly, we'll get we'll get to a point somewhere. <laughs> the beauty of a podcast is you can be doing something else whilst listening to it. Yeah, that's, no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm, it's I'm like a multitask. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, like his whole his whole thing is yeah, you should really really value your time actually. And if you're in a full time job, you shouldn't you know you shouldn't just not ask for a pay rise. You shouldn't ask blah blah. But he he came out with this interesting stat that it cost your employer between forty and sixty percent of your salary um, to replace you. So actually, wow. you have a lot of leverage if you're a good employee. Like if you're mm. shit at your job, then yeah, forget it. Like, <laughs> but <laughs> if you're really good at what you do, it's actually going to cost them a lot of money to try and replace you. So you have like a lot of leverage to go into your boss and ask for a pay rise. Um, and so yeah, anyway, I'd highly recommend the book. I'm not going to ramble on any more about it, but. Very interesting. I can't remember how it came up. I think you talked about meditation. Back to you, Dan. <laughs> I mean, if we went back to it, I'm pretty sure that I didn't start this. <laughs> I don't think I ever brought up do meditation. Like, do you, like I, you know what? I'll take my phone the same. It was this is all on me. <laughs> Thank you. I'm already excited to listen back to this episode and find out <laughs> where that came from. <laughs> where it all went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so soon. Are you gonna do oh. are you gonna do an official opening for us for this? Um thing? have you got us got a little rap for us or anything? Uh, I didn't I didn't prepare anything because obviously this is all very last minute. Yeah. Uh, I liked your little quick one earlier. It's like, oh by the way, uh, it, it, this is this is the podcast. What did I what did I when? When did I do That's that? how good it was. I was just it was like, that memorable you forgot about it. I mean, it does sound like me. To be fair, <clears throat> I did prepare a little something for us. If oh! You, uh, if you, oh. <laughs> oh! If you oh. would mind, dear Turn sir, your headphones up. To, <laughs> if you would mind to drop me a beat. <clears throat> oh, okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's been a month and we're sorry about that. But we're back, me and Dan, with VR Five Chats. In today's episode, we're going to tackle distribution in the VR world. There ain't no easy solution. Word. Beautiful. Cool. I'm, I'm glad I guessed the ending right there. I want to just carry on. It was um, almost like we'd rehearsed that. That was fantastic. That was Congratulations. Great beat making. I mean, I'll have to listen to it back because I drowned myself out with my own statements. <laughs> I didn't really, really heard bits of the lyrics. Um, I mean, basically, I was introducing our topic for this week. So, oh, did you? Yep. Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't, yeah, I didn't hear that. <laughs> the the beats, listeners will listen back so and be fat. like... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I couldn't even hear myself. Oh, cool. Maybe, oh, that's all right. Maybe that's, that, maybe that's the then. case for the viewers as well. They're like, no, not viewers, listeners. They're like, yeah. no, we didn't hear it either. Anyway, we're talking <laughs> about distribution today, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, VR Hello. distribution. See, now this is this is why I was going to pick your brain because I think you have more uh, experience in this than I do, as you have a film yourself on jaunt. Um, but I think it's, I think it's sort of, uh, I think there's sort of, it it depends on what you want to sort of get out of it. I guess Mm. if you just want views, if that's your aim, then, you know, it's going to be vastly different than if you want to, you know, monetize, uh, your content or, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I think, I, I think I, I would say that's, that's the kind of the, the best starting point is thinking, and also it kind of depends, yeah, are you when you make this art to begin with, you kind of have to have an idea in mind. If, if you do want to make money from it, or if you do want substantial amounts of views, or you know the kind of audience you want to get it in front of, you do kind of need an idea in your head around, you know, what channels of just distribution you're going to kind of go down. So, I mean, I kind of generally think about it in three, It's well, it's more like two, but let's, it's kind of overview it as is three separate things. So it's like online, um, LBE, which means location-based entertainment or licensing. And by licensing, I mean kind of, uh, that's the one that's a bit kind of a bit aloof, but, you know, stock or training or, you know, licensing it to art galleries and festivals or other creators to use as part of a package or, um, and yes, obviously, <clears throat> licensing comes under all three of those, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but realistically, I think, you know, are you making this for loads and loads of people to see it? In which case, you're most likely making it for an online audience. Mm-hmm. I think we've probably talked about this before in previous episodes, but where we are right now in the VR industry, you and someone might argue with this, but I would say you either make it for the mass audience um, and in doing that, you are acknowledging that you're making, um, and I'm talking specifically about 360 here, but you're making a 360 piece that will most likely not be consumed in a headset because Mm -hmm. to get the mass distribution, obviously you're going to go to YouTube or Facebook. um, They're going to be your like starting points. Uh, and Veer, obviously, you know, you, you're going to go to these big kind of uh, user-generated content um, platforms where you can reach a lot of people, uh, but you have no control over how they're going to see it. Mm. And then the other, the other one is that you want a more curated kind of audience to see it, but you're acknowledging that not as many people will see it. And mm. that could change in future, obviously, as headsets get lighter and um more accessible and more people have them in the home and more kind of venues have them but for now those are kind of the two splits and i i always kind of start 
with a piece um, where I think it's going to have a kind of more of an LBE run to begin with. So mm. when I kind of create a, an original piece, I want it to probably go to festivals first. Yeah. So so it's kind of having that kind of distribution, basically just going to the kind of VR industry or a kind of people who are already interested in, in VR art um, first. And from there, then it will go on to do a kind of... Uh, like a location-based run. So whether that will be for pop-up VR cinemas or, you know, festivals or, you know, kind of more um, the wider festival circuit. So um, Kida Likes played in some really interesting random pop-ups where it's mm. kind of like, a, 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 what, what was one of them called? One of them was like, it was really obscure. I can't actually remember the name of it, which is terrible, but it was like this really localised little uh, philosophy pop-up. And it mm. was, it was, you know, it was just like they wanted to do something in VR. He like deals with uh, some interesting kind of like philosophy around like love mm -hmm. and loss. And so it was kind of like used as a catalyst to discuss those kind of subjects. Mm. So it's like those kind of things. Um, or obviously, you know, VR arcades might want to license your content, mm. that kind of thing. Um, and then that kind of that third tier then um of like licensing it into oh no hang on sorry wait what was the thing what was I even saying sorry I've gone on the right track <laughs> here oh so yeah so you so you do it for that audience first and then you release online so then obviously then yeah we kind of sought to get it on all of the big kind of uh, distribution networks on the VR headset so it's on Jaunt it's on Inception it's on um, Iconic Engine um, which they also double as like a sales agent for you so it mm -hmm. goes on their platform but then how that works is um, they then pitch it to clients and if a, like say for example one of their clients is um, it's not Verizon what's the other big telecom company in America I can't remember oh uh, T-Mobile oh it might um, be or um, Sprint. Oh, maybe it's one? it's one of those. It's it's something like that. Anyway, massive kind of companies like that. And then they pitch your work into them and say, do you want this on your library? And then if they say yes, then Iconic Engine kind of broker the deal for you. Mm. And then they take a percentage and you get a percentage. Obviously, or, you know, you have it on on the kind of um, the platforms like Jaunt or, or Inception, those kind of things. And usually, well, Jaunt don't anymore because obviously they're bless them they're the they've since moved all their attention to ar so they're not yeah. supporting vr anymore but yeah. um inception for example would kind of pay you a license fee up front for a certain amount of years uh you know that kind of thing so those are the kind of the two main splits is so you would you would do um to be fair though actually thinking out loud god you can tell we haven't podcasted in a while i'm like all over the place. <laughs> bear with me guys bear with me um with Kida Like, we haven't yet, and I don't think we will put it on YouTube or Facebook just because that piece was never. I mean, it's mainly because it's outdated now. As in, in my head, it's like I've I've got so many other pieces that yeah, I would yeah. prefer for people to see now because it's it's so old. But um, that's a piece where I really intentionally didn't want people to watch it on mobile, mm. and they might have done because I know you can watch like Jaunt and things like that on desktop, and I know when my like my dad's like been a proud dad and like talked about it in um 
he, he works for a university mm. uh, and when he's talked about it you know he's kind of given people the the desktop uh link <laughs> and i know friends of mine who have watched it on desktop and things and i'm like no no like <laughs> tell me and i'll You're come over with a headset <laughs> yeah um but yeah anyway those are the two big kind of splits i guess Nice, nice. Over so, to you, Dan. Thoughts on that? Um, <clears throat> well, like I say, you have more, you have more experience uh, in this th than I do. But it's it's interesting because I'm I'm working on um, well, kind of started working on a little something um, with uh, a friend of mine. I don't even know if I should really be talking about it because it's not absolutely set in stone yet. We were just talking about it over the weekend, but um, a, a friend of mine. Um, he uh he does a lot of stuff to sort of raise uh awareness uh of male suicide and like mm. mental health and stuff um and yeah. he's currently crowdfunding uh, a documentary that he's looking oh, wow. to start shooting in june um but i've been speaking to him this weekend about maybe doing like a sort of vr companion piece to that um and again it's like it's and that's why it's interesting what you're saying is like it's one of those things because it's you know quite a big thing it could be beneficial to you know get it in front of as many people as possible yeah but then at the same time i don't think for what i have in mind for it i don't it wouldn't have the same impact if it was viewed on a browser it's yeah. one of those things that would need to be on a headset um yeah. but if we if we monetized it you know anything that it may would would go to charity obviously um yeah so yeah that means we're well, early stages yet just sort of talking about it but well and that's <clears throat> that's an interesting model isn't it because the kick the kind of the um the kickstarter model and the idea of you know creating an idea around yeah something so with something like that the distribution model becomes quite different and it is almost a little bit easier to kind of build in a bit of a, a distribution um plan i guess for mm. something like that because you know number one if you've kick-started something you've already got a built-in audience so that's you know that's part of your distribution plan is direct to, to customer direct mm -hmm. to consumer so you push it to those viewers then because it's such a specific theme not only obviously is it documentary based so therefore you've kind of got all these built-in pockets of you know documentary festivals you could obviously still go after the vr festivals but you could probably go to wider kind of um documentary festivals as well with it you could then target specific charities um that deal with the theme of of male suicide mm -hmm. and male mental awareness and you could potentially sell it to them as a piece that they then use. Um, yeah. And this was this is kind of part of that licensing, that third bracket that's not online and it's not LBE, but that third pocket um, of selling it to, a, let's call it like selling to a business instead of licensing, because licensing probably a bit confusing, but selling it to someone else for a different purpose than what you intended. So I've got a friend, um, Avril, mm -hmm. who one of her first 360 pieces. In fact, it might have been her first 360 piece. She's yeah. like a traditional filmmaker. Um, oh, one of her the, pieces... The Dignitas one, wasn't it? The, is it The Last Moments? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. the one, yeah. So, yeah, so hers, um, obviously, deal dealing with the subject of euthanasia. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know that that has obviously had a lot of play in um, 
in places and you know really amazing i think it's you know shown at the un or something it's like you know been used in really amazing cases because of the subject matter so and that's what i really love about those kind of projects and Mm. i think that's where i want to move my attention to is things that kind of move outside of the vr world a little bit like so you're not just doing something to appeal to a VR audience, yeah, you're doing yeah. something that just happens to be VR, but it's dealing with a specific subject. And so with that, obviously, yeah, you've got that kind of that built-in distribution of you could potentially then take that film to a charity that then uses it in their kind of fundraising mm-hmm. material, um, or they use it, you know, at events where they're trying to raise awareness. You could use it, you know, another distribution plan for that could be. By the way, I hope you, hope this is okay. I'm just I'm just creating a distribution <laughs> no, plan no, for you. Please, 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 <laughs> so, um, you if you could, could uh, also... if you could jot this down in in, a, <laughs> in like a Google Doc as well, uh, <laughs> just send it over. That'd be great. Could just hear like ferocious typing on the other end, like dance taking notes. Um, yeah, but you could also target. Um, I'm sure that there would be kind of people whose job it is to go around to you know specific, maybe even like corporates where they have like well-being days, mm. and there'll be trainers that go around and you know they do sessions on things like mental health. It could then form part of their kind of package of content and again like vr is so powerful and it's so something that most people haven't still kind of had much kind of contact with but it is a really powerful use case so all of a sudden you've got those kind of avenues to go down and i would argue like that one for example is probably the most the biggest chance you've got at making a substantial amount of money this early on in vr um now Again, people would probably argue with that. You've got the, you know, you've got the one-off kind of cases of like spheres and mm. uh, and vestige, you know, pieces that have kind of gone to like the big tier A film festivals and sold for a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but that is like a one in a one in um, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah, a really yeah, rare occurrence. Yeah. You're more likely to, um, and that's you know, with with uh, the latest piece that I'm producing. Um, playing god that is very much an avenue that we're now looking at because we found it we we were originally funded by arts council but Mm. we're finding it really you know just to be candid we're finding it really difficult to get finishing funds for it we're in post-production now we don't need that much money um in the scheme of things but it's absolutely impossible to raise money from the usual vr suspects so we're now having to think okay well how could this play in in a wider distribution plan Mm. you know who might be interested in this to use in corporate settings um you know could it plug into some kind of training program and then that's where you look for your kind of finishing funds and that's where you look to kind of you know to to get your content in to distribute so um so that would be like quite a potentially lucrative uh, opportunity because again corporate training or, or training in general is quite um yeah it's quite a lucrative mm-hmm. sector i think so it could be quite interesting to, to kind of plug into to that kind of thing and then obviously you've got you know art galleries and yeah, yeah. Art, vr arcades and pop-up cinemas and those kind of things which offer you know one-off kind of commission or licensing fee um but the only slight thing with that, and I think one one subject that we should probably dig into is, is I guess, why it's so difficult to distribute at the moment. Mm. And, you know, even just kind of mentioning the pop-up cinema, 
one of the things I, I've just finished curating a six month uh, pop up cinema for the BFI mm. um, here in Leicester, and one of the things that we've kind of reflected on is, you know, it's just not scalable yet because the headsets are still, even the £200 Oculus goes, it's still quite expensive. So, you know, in order to have like a 20-person cinema, you've already got to spend, quick maths here, four grand, is it? Four grand for 20 headsets? Um, Yeah, I'm not good at if you know at home please get in touch (laughs) (laughs) i think it's about four grand so so you've got to spend four grand um before you before you even open the doors to a vr cinema right (laughs) i just like i like that we're sort of talking business here but then we could work that out <laughs> you know, just, right, okay, hang on. Just for argument's sake, I'm Googling it. Let's it is straight off the bat, and I'll just cut the rest of that out. <laughs> it's four. Okay, we'll pick up from here. We'll be, <laughs> it's four grand. Uh, 20 times too much. <laughs> wow, that was really quick, Alex. Thank you. I am a mathematician, producer, person. <laughs> wow. That's so amazing. I'm so, <laughs> it was so fluid <laughs> it's almost um, as if I have a built-in calculator in my mind it's like we got Rachel Riley on yeah <laughs> um, so yeah so um so four grand before you even open the doors mm. to like a pop-up yeah. VR cinema and like this is obviously we're talking about 360 if you started going down you know talking about room scale VR you know that's what you can have maximum two three people going through that at once yeah. if someone you know how much does that ticket price have to be before you can make, make your back, money's yeah. worth and you know you've it's not like a film where you get 200 people in and it's you're real realistically it's just the kind of it's the cost to license the film and then it's the cost of the projectors or you know the per- mm-hmm. the uh, the projectionist the person that's kind of essentially looking after the fact that it's showing right so that's one to 200 people Mm. um you know one person for 200 people whereas in vr it's like well you need someone who really kind of knows what they're doing like that was one of the biggest things about the the six month um pop-up was i found um I, I didn't quite think beforehand how much it was going to be on me mm. from a technical point of view. Like if something goes wrong with the headset, like we had several things where, you know, the, the films like broke the headsets or, you know, we, there was probably only one or two sessions towards the end of the, of the pop-up mm. where at least one headset didn't play up or, you know, just things like someone pressed a button and it got them out of the yeah. app and, you know, and actually, if you've not got someone that's well-versed in VR, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're screwed. <laughs> so actually, you know, then you've got to have a VR expert essentially on hand, which is expensive because mm. you're not going to be able to pay someone, you know, minimum wage no, to kind of usher. So, yeah, it becomes quite an expensive business model when you think of it from that point of view. So no wonder there's not much money in the industry. Yeah. So did BFI cover the cost of the, the headsets and stuff going in? No, so so it was a joint venture. The BFI um, kind of, I can't remember exactly how much money it was, but they funded essentially the operating costs. So, you know, people's time, the license fee for the films, um, speaker fees, because we had like 
some of the filmmakers that I was curating for, yeah. like come up and do a Q and A. Um, what else did they pay for? Like room hire, that kind of thing. Mm. And then the cinema that was hosting it, so Phoenix Cinema, which is like an independent um, yeah. cinema in Leicester, they bought. They were the ones that bought the headsets because they were originally going to hire them, and that would have been part of the cost, mm. but. They were like, do you know what? We really believe in this technology. We think that, you know, this could be a kind of new thing for us to do, yeah, yeah. you know, on a semi-regular basis. So they luckily have quite a kind of forward-thinking um, onboard C- CEO, mm. and he agreed for them to buy uh, to buy the headsets. And then there was an incident with Argos where they accidentally gave them more headsets than uh, <laughs> they should have oh. done. And then Argos were like, ah, just keep them. So, oh, wow. so they, it actually worked out pretty well for them. So That probably would have been more expensive in the long run, though, to, to rent them every time, would it not? Yeah, exactly. No. Well, yeah. If, if I mean, I don't know how much the Oculus Go is going for because I've never had to rent them. Yeah. I've, I've only ever had to rent Gear VRs, but that worked out to be like, was it like forty pound or something per set per day? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it made a lot more sense just to buy them out, right? Well, considering for that, so it was a ticketed event, so audience members had to pay five pound, mm. which is not that's not a particularly it's not a lot of money to be honest. We could have probably charged more, mm. but because we because we didn't know, and the whole point of this project was to do kind of um, a bit of audience research yeah. and find out what people were willing to kind of pay for and um yeah so we charged five pound per person if you were hiring a headset at 40 pound you know you're already down 35 quid (laughs) before you've even covered anyone's time and the room hire and the license fee and the speaker fee like (laughs) so yeah I don't know what do you think about because obviously you're more plugged into the world of um kind of online content and especially premium online content obviously you work work a lot with via who now yeah. have their kind of their premium model so you kind of yeah what's it's, your thoughts on all that? <clears throat> well, it's, it's it's interesting because i'm sort of uh i'm a bit i mean i'm not even i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but i'm like a bit privy to like um the the deals and stuff between uh them and the studios and stuff whose uh, titles yeah. they acquire um i've been, Ooh, I've, been trying, yeah, I've been trying to get hold of the analytics because i'm quite interested to see you know how each of them do but yeah it's it's quite interesting and you know the the, the prices seem to vary depending i don't know i don't know who sets the prices on their end but i know it's like a 50 50 split down the middle but like some of the films on there will yeah. be like 2.99 this is all in dollars 2.99 or 4.99 um yeah i think it, it varies depending on on the the what film it is um but it's it's interesting because it does give like a, a a gateway for like independent creators there's there's one guy on there and i think it's just one guy on his own because i know he it all of his stuff is on there and it's paid content but it's like um travel based stuff and only i only okay. know of him because uh like myself he sells uh stock on pond five so i've seen Ooh. his stuff on pond five so basically, okay. he's sort of uh, cobbled together like these short travel films, purely for Veer out of the stock footage that he's already got. And then I think he has That's like a tactful. as a sort of series. So I think it's like a five or six part series he's got on there at the moment. And I think that's like yeah. four ninety nine. 
but that's like another additional little income for him and it's just one guy on his own yeah. it's not like a you know it's not like a big studio or anything like that um so it's, it's an interesting little gateway for like the small independent creators to get involved in. and not only that but then it it's also you've got that uh free promotion that comes with putting your content on there yeah. uh, because you know they, they pump a lot of money into their into their marketing um and and then if you're lucky you'll get a video made by me as well to, to, to promote it. <laughs> you'll be reviewed uh, by uh, yeah. by a really funny um, comedian <laughs> yeah uh and and some other guy that looks like me um <laughs> but but then also this is this is also why we have the um the live streams in in alt space each week as well they're usually to promote these these paid um these paid for films um so you get like an online audience and then you, you'll be invited to come and do a q a about it um obviously try and ignore the trolls um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's 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 kind of cool, and it's like the first thing that I've seen of, of of that kind. That's kind of they're they're pretty open to like independent creators, and I think they're doing a lot of uh, they're co-producing a lot of stuff at the moment as well. Which um, is which is exciting because yeah. I think you would you would have expected that more so from the giants mm, that, mm. you know, seemingly have a lot more money in and, and a lot more skin in the game in terms of, you know, Oculus and Google, who used to have their kind of their platforms that would fund mm. independence a bit more. But actually, it's interesting that they seem to have killed off a little bit of that. And now it is relying on these more startup based yeah. companies to, to be funding independence, which is really, you know, hats off to them. I think that's, that's really good going for them. Um, and I like that their kind of ethos seems to be that they are fostering that kind of independent um, VR creator community. Yeah. I think it's, it's a route that it, it seems to, it, for me, it makes sense for them to go down that route and to mm. sort of help, you know, co-produce like n- new content. Um, yeah. It makes a lot of sense then to sort of, you know, keep churning out regular 2D stuff. If, they, if they're cr- creating guess- their own stuff, then that's, that's also going to be a draw to their own platform. Because that's yeah. that's the thing that we found. It's like obviously with these these uh, videos that I've been doing from them and stuff. That the whole point is to get more people to go to the platform, but it's like two very different things. So you put a video on like uh, YouTube or this week we've we've been testing out IGTV. Um, oh yeah, which is actually <laughs> has has more views than anything else, like organic views. Yeah. Um, but obviously getting people from to go from Instagram to then having to like, you know. Get their headset on, download the app, then go. Mm. You know, it's there's it's the friction there's that sort of, of it all, faff it? in between that people are kind of reluctant to do. They just want to be able to like click on the link and go straight there. Whereas you know, at the moment we can't can't quite do that. So if they can produce well, help like produce content uh, that you know people will be intrigued by and you know want to watch, then it's even more uh, reason and motivation to go and download the app and get involved and do do you know whether they have the majority is it a bit like youtube and facebook where the majority of their views still come from desktop and mobile or do you think that they are gearing more towards being a vr f- i know they're trying to be a vr first platform but are i they, i think you know, sorry, I've, i have asked about this but this was a little while ago but i think the majority of the of their uh, audience is on headset okay so that's interesting mm. so they are kind of becoming the, the they are the kind of 
the go-to content consumption app mm. on headset, which is where I think that's the problem, isn't it? Is, is like you say, it's so... I mean, I'm the same, though. I'm lazy. Like, even, like, Ben Claremont, our mm. good buddy, like, you know, it. even his latest um, videos that are, he says at top, you know, they're 180, yeah. they're 3D, they're meant to be viewed yeah. in a headset. And I'm like, oh, no, I but I can't really be bothered to go and find my go, see if it's charged up, launch it, like, sit, be uncomfortable. You know, and <laughs> that's terrible. The and they've got 20 lying around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just like yeah spend the 40 minute drive like getting amped get the well that's the thing and I think I think that's a problem and I think we might have touched on this that in the last episode but that's a real mm. problem if the people working in this industry aren't motivated to spend time in a headset mm. so and and when when I think about why that is I think it is a convenience yeah. thing at the moment it's not fluid and I was thinking about this though because I was like okay well instead of just saying you know what is the problem what's what's the kind of what's the solution what are some things that I think I started thinking you know what does that workflow look like that will make me um be more inclined to to watch things actually mm. in VR and I think what I came up with was I think for me personally, it will be when we have glasses, not necessarily like, you know, super thin, trendy, yeah, yeah. cool looking glasses, but when we've got the equivalent of, you know, Google Glass that is actually functioning and can actually, you know, kind of like the HoloLens, but a better, more functional mm. version of it, um, where actually I spend the majority of the time either at home or in the office wearing this pair of glasses and I can move between the worlds. I can, yeah. you know, do stuff in mixed reality. I basically, you know, I was thinking, even thinking like, actually, I'd be really down to have like a VR computer as in instead of having a physical laptop, I put on, yeah. you know, yeah. a pair of glasses, a pair of haptic gloves and in the VR world or in the AR world, I've got my computer in front of me and I can function between both. And I think that is at the point that's when it becomes really interesting. That's when it becomes, it's frictionless because I'm already in the world. I don't need to do anything. They're already on my face. But then, <laughs> but then the other thing with that is, is that you're not, like, especially if, you, if you're watching something in VR with, with those types of glasses, you're not going to get the full immersion because, you know, the, the sides of your eyes are going to be, still be mm. open. So you can still just look to the side and then you're, you're out of it again. Well, I don't know. Depends on, I think... on the design of these glasses. I'm just writing off the design. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I, I think it's I've a written, really good point. I've written off that though. design already. Well, and this is the interesting thing. At the moment, you either have AR glasses that are exactly, yeah, that's the problem because they've got so much light leak mm. and they don't cover your whole face. But then you've got the mixed reality goggles, which are basically just VR with mm. cameras on the front. Um I think that there will be. Uh, have you seen the mock-up? Have you seen the mock-up leaks of uh, Apple's AR glasses? Oh. <gasps> Google it. Mm. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like they, that design looks like they look like a bit like ski goggles, okay. and that's what I imagine the first iteration of this actually kind of functional VR AR mixed reality, whatever you want yeah. to call it glasses might look like because then they would have the kind of the the sealed um 
bit around your eyes so that if you did then go into full VR, you wouldn't have the problem yeah. of light leak. But it would be kind of, you know, when they're clear, they're clear. I don't know. I mean, it's all really interesting. And I'm fascinated to see, we could, you know, reference this episode in like five years time and be like, ha ha ha, weren't we so wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You were totally right about yeah. that design flaw, Dan. And then they were like, and it wasn't four grand either. <laughs> it was three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still no good at maths, but luckily now I've got my AI assistant <laughs> who can do all of that for me. <laughs> oh. I see, I'm, looking at, I'm seeing a lot of like, yeah, images I mean... for the, the Apple headset, and I don't know which, <laughs> which one is the real one. Is it one that looks like a kind of weird, uh, like elongated Apple watch? Uh, which uh, website? I'm, not, I'm just on. on I've just really googled Apple VR headset. Oh, are you on? Yeah. Are you on images? There's probably none of those. Oh, go to if you go to go to all and then just as in like the main web page and if the first okay. one Mac Rumors oh, Apple's one. AR glasses to launch in 2020. And there should be. Oh no, actually they do. That's not the image I saw. I really, say, that they do, really they do look pretty to... cool. That's what you say when I looked at it before. No, that is not what I saw originally, but that looks <laughs> so pretty dope. So basically, you just, you just designed <laughs> this Apple VR headset and it sounded amazing. We'll get in touch. I'm telling them. Oh, yeah, look, I'm just, uh, look, I'm saying like, look, you can't see what I'm seeing, but I'm sure if you, um, listeners, Google <laughs> Apple mock-up AR glasses. There's actually they all look pretty cool, but yeah, that is not what I saw of the mock-ups. The mock-ups that I saw oh, okay. were actually just like drawings of like the patents that they'd got through. I like anyway, what you come up with. You should we get in spend... touch with uh, Tim Cook or, or Tim Apple, as he's known to his friends. Yeah, listen, t- listen, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, <laughs> Mister Apple. <laughs> We've got some serious design flaws happening here. So yeah, I mean. Distribution. Let's put a bow on this then. So I'd say for right now, if you're a 360 creator, I guess the other big thing for us to just quickly touch on is if you are thinking up original content from the beginning um, that you intend to sell or, I mean, to be fair, loads of people in the 360 industry that make original content are not necessarily Mm. looking to make big bucks because we all know that that's just not going to happen at this point. But I think the 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 high level overview that most uh, distributors have given me in in the kind of last few months is the type of content that sells well, regardless of um, reg- regardless of whether it's online for an app or uh, LBE or licensing, is uh, mm-hmm. travel. Travel is a massive one because I think still the biggest market for VR is escapism and so simple travel content or travel doc or that kind of thing anything that puts you in a different place uh than to you know just like spectacle wise the the stuff that looks amazing um in an exotic location that no one would really travel to that's going to play really well that's going to license really well that's what a lot of people are looking for across all three of those kind of strands um if you're going to go down the narrative route I've heard that documentary sells best. There's still not really a market at the moment for drama, which is something that obviously I'm really mm-hmm. kind of interested in changing. And that's one thing that I'm working with the BFI are, 
on in, in England and I know that the kind of the BFI, you know, and the more filmmaker side of things is going to happen, hopefully, yeah. in the next couple of years, I think, that there will be a push towards that. But for now, it doesn't sell the best. So, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts. Interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, I think drama would be something that I'd like to sort of get into as well at some point. Um, well, I could. Yeah. Have you ever done any drama apart from the horror short that you did? Uh, not really. There's this there's, there's something that I'm just kind of toying around with at the moment, and just trying mm. to figure out how it would work. It it wouldn't be like an out and out drama. It'd be like a sort of drama comedy um, kind of thing. Nice. Trying to figure out how it would play out. Um, in mm. in 360 if that would be the right fit Ooh. for it um but yeah it certainly could be interesting but yeah i mean i haven't seen that sort of much like much content in that genre about so but again well and i think if you are going to do drama at the moment um <clears throat> realistically if again if you want it to kind of play to a, a, a big audience in VR, then it probably needs to be more skewed towards action and uh, sci-fi mm. or, or, you know, fantasy. Yeah, yeah. There's something that appeals to the mass audience of VR. I'm obviously a massive, I mean, that goes against everything that I'm actually doing because <laughs> I've always, I've, I've always created pieces that are not for that audience. I've always created pieces that I would yeah, want to watch. Yeah, exactly. um, so yeah, I, I prefer to go with the more character driven, like comedy slash slightly more, you know, like the classic independent yeah, film yeah. vibe where not a lot happens, but there's a lot kind of said. Mm. <laughs> That's my brand like really. Beyond Mumblecore. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, Rumblecore. Yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. New genre there. Hang on, say that Rumblecore. again. Rumblecore. Say it again. Rumblecore. Um, can we make that thing? Can, we, just, can we? Can we? Get... Let me just paste it online. How do we do this? <laughs> Hashtag do Rumblecore. It. Yeah. Rumblecore. Oh, we, do you know what we should do? I would love this. Right. We should. And listeners, if you're still listening, at I don't this even point, know what you're going to say. I'm sold. <laughs> right. Here's the thing. I want everyone listening who's interested in the kind of. Yeah, creating kind of comedy drama, like character-driven stuff that's not, you know, it's not big and flashy action-y stuff. It's, it's kind of more of that low-key indie vibe, mumblecore style. Let's get a group of us that all want to do that kind of thing. And let's set a date in summer to just meet up. Obviously, this would only work if you're based in the UK. <laughs> but if you're like international, you should do this with other international VR makers and let's just like make something that's like the thing this. i'm really kind of keen on is just like let's just meet up one let's do something super simple where we film it in a day and we edit it in, over like a couple of days or something it could all have like yeah. it could have like an overall like the same theme but just yeah. told like a 48 hour in, film competition like internationally yeah yeah, we should set, actually let right. Okay, I'm sold on this, and I will personally take it. Hashtag Rumble take call. It upon myself. Yes, right. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna go hit up all of our good friends at the various VR brands to try and rum, uh, rustle up some sponsorship money, and we'll have a prize, and we'll do a kind of 48 hour style filmmaking competition, and it'll be called Rumble Core, and it has to be drama comedy that kind of like character driven grungy vibe 
Yes. Yes. Oh my, I'm so sold on this idea. <laughs> so am I. Who knew that this episode was going to end this way? <laughs> it's literally just me and you making it. <laughs> <laughs> because A, no one is listening at this point because Simple Path lied to us and no one is actually listening. <laughs> we tuned out after the four grand fiasco. <laughs> but, yeah. but that would, that would be, be so amazing. cool okay i think we should do oh, it I'm, I'm all over this okay right i'm gonna i'm writing a note and when i write a note that's it <laughs> it's law rumble core oh my god i'm actually really excited about this because i think that's the problem when you get a bit too far down the rabbit hole with mm. this stuff it kind of loses its magic a little bit. It's a bit like when you when you become like a professional filmmaker mm. and you make stuff for kind of commercial yeah, brands. Yeah. It's like finding that time or that energy to go and actually do what you originally yeah, set yeah. out to do when you wanted to become a filmmaker actually becomes really mm. difficult. And so, yeah, we should just set aside like a weekend where we say, listen up 360 um, makers across the world. Yeah, and oh, we could probably get Veer to host it. Like you, like upload all of your kind of like content <laughs> yeah, to Veer, definitely. and and then there could be like a alt space event to promote it, where trolls come yeah. and tell us that our movies are all shit. Have a nice <laughs> troll battle would be great. Okay, I'm so sold oh, on this idea. I'm so, okay. Well, on that note, yeah. I feel like that was the perfect end. I, I, I think so. I don't. I don't think we could it do it any justice doing anything else. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. it then alright until next time till next time guys make sure that you if you're still listening that you rate and review us even if you think it's shit because that apparently yeah, helps good, us good, good ratings though not bad ratings see you well Humorous. I mean we don't want to, well yeah if you if you have bad things to say then just DM us like privately don't don't yeah, give yeah. us a review I, like, I don't think how you could give a bad review after that ending <laughs> I mean to be fair <laughs> Everyone's hyped. <laughs> Everyone's just like, exactly. yes, I'm so into this Mumblecore. Exactly. People are like, what is Mumblecore? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the next time. Anyway, so yeah, so leave us a review and follow us or tweet us or Instagrammers, whatever the cool kids are doing these days. Dan, what are your uh, handles? I am just at, at Daniel K. Hatton. Yeah. Amazing. And I'm at Alex Makes VR. And we will see you. Well, we won't see you, but we will we won't even hear you. not even hear we'll, you. We'll talk we at will you. Talk at you <laughs> <laughs> in the next one. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Bye. <laughs> that was great. <laughs>